All right, guys, our last topic is cell division. So mitosis. I do that every time. All right, stages of the cell cycle. Mitosis is only one of the stages. Your other stages are G1. G1 is right after mitosis ends in cytokinesis. It's a little cell. And during G1, that cell is growing. So G, you're going to see the screen shake. You guys are sitting on my lap. I'm done with being inside. So this is the outdoor soccer field lecture. Um, G1 is growth. So it's a tiny cell, and now it's going to grow. So G1 is the initial growth. During S, S is synthesis. During synthesis, you are now doubling all of your organelles. You're making sure that you have everything you need to become two cells. And then G2, the growth finishes. You double your cytoplasm and you enter into mitosis. Note at G1, S, and G2, there are checkpoints. And if there isn't everything that the cell needs, if things aren't happening correctly, then it will just kind of atrophy and the, the cell won't divide it won't go further. When we talk about cancer here in a minute, a lot of cancers are caused by problems in these different checkpoint areas. Even as we go through the process of mitosis, there are checkpoints that have to occur in order for a cell to reproduce normally. So realize that we talk cell cycle and we think mitosis, but reality, cell cycle is mostly interphase, and interphase is G1, S, and G2. And then just a little bit of this mitosis, these phases that you remember from freshman bio. During interphase, that's the phase that the cells are in the longest, um, your cell is doing what a cell is supposed to be doing. So during interphase, a skin cell is a skin cell, a heart cell is helping your heart beat, a muscle cell is helping you work out. Your cell is doing its normal functions. And that's why this is the longest phase, right? We want your cells doing what the cells are meant to do. Depending on the type of cell, the length of that cell phase differs. So bacteria, they're in interphase for only 20 minutes before they start dividing. And remember, in bacteria, this mitosis is really binary fission. In beans, that's 19 hours. In mice fibroblasts, it can be 22 hours. In a nerve cell, it could be your entire lifetime. So when we talk about cell cycle interphase, we consider G1, S, G2. Um, DNA replication is occurring during synthesis. Genetic material is in the form of chromatin. Long strands of DNA, usually tightly wound around proteins or histines to pack it away for later use. When you look at a cell in mitosis, it looks like what that cell looks like underneath the microscope. So when we did our virtual microscope lab and you looked at the human cheek cell and you looked at L. Lydia, all of those cells were in interphase. Prophase is the first really phase of mitotic division. In prophase, your chromosomes start to unwind. They start to become visible. I call this the bowl full of spaghetti phase. So if you were to look at your cell in prophase, these chromosomes look like someone plops spaghetti down in the center of the cell. During this time, the spindles form and the nucleolus becomes invisible because now your chromosomes are out, they're big, they're prominent in the cell. Um, and the chromosomes consist of two identical sister chromatids held together by a centromere. During metaphase, these chromosomes now line up in the middle of the cell, so metaphase middle. Um, the spindle microtubules attach to the centromere. This is what's going to eventually separate those sister chromatids. But at this point in metaphase, everything's lined up along the equator of the cell. 
Now it doesn't matter where that equator is, but somewhere along the equator of the cell. Anaphase, we now have our sister chromatids pulled apart and they start migrating towards the poles of your cell. So they are now separated from each other. You're, they actually look like, um, like alligator mouths that are gonna talk to each other as they move to the ends of the cell. We now call, instead of they're, they're not sister chromatids anymore, they've separated, now they're chromosomes. This is generally the shortest of all phases. At telophase, now our chromosomes have reached the poles. They're going to start to look like nucleuses again. The nuclear membrane starts to reform. The spindle disappears. The nucleus might become visible, the nucleolus. And the chromosomes reform into chromatin. They start getting tightly wound. It looks like a figure eight when you look at the cell. This is a plant cell in our diagram, and what you're seeing form right here is the cell plate. That cell plate eventually becomes a cell wall between the two cells. Uh, cytokinesis and the end result here. Cytokinesis is not officially a phase of mitosis, but it is the last kind of step. So in cytokinesis, your two cells formally separate from each other. You have complete division of the cytoplasm. The cell plate forms into the cell wall in plant cells. In animal cells, your cell membranes are now intact. The end result is two identical cells with identical nuclei. These cells are clones of each other, essentially. There is a little mitosis video here. I do like you guys to watch the embedded videos. This goes through all of these steps in slow motion. So what do we use mitosis for? The first one is growth. So as you grow from a little itty bitty baby into the seniors that you are now, as you get bigger, you are getting new cells to get bigger, right? Your skin has to get bigger. Hopefully your brain has gotten bigger. God, I hope your brain's gotten bigger. All of that's occurring during mitosis. Um, tissue repair is a use of mitosis. So if you were to cut yourself, your skin cells are going to undergo mitosis and they're going to keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it until they touch. And when they touch, that's a cell um, signal to stop doing mitosis that you've closed that wound. Embryonic growth. So when the egg is fertilized by the sperm, your first eight divisions are going to be identical mitotic divisions where every cell is the same. There's no differentiation. Um, these repeated mitotic divisions create the blastopore or a ball of cells. Early embryos are named for the number of cells in that ball, and then later differentiation occurs that allow it to grow into a multicellular organism. And then we have asexual reproduction like our um, binary fission in bacteria. Cancer then is our last topic for the unit. Cancer is defined as the uncontrolled growth of cells, the uncontrolled mitotic division. So normally cell division is under the control of tumor repressor genes, which create proteins that inhibit cell division. So remember those checkpoints I talked about. At each checkpoint, there is a protein that could inhibit these cells from dividing, because we don't want the cells to divide when you're not growing or when you're not injured. We don't want this uncontrolled cell growth in the body. It's actually damaging. So cell division should only occur for growth and repair. Pronto-oncogens are proteins that stimulate the cell reproduction. So if you get a skin knee, pronto-oncogens are going to allow for mitosis. And then once those skin cells touch again, that needs to be shut off. 
a mutation in either the tumor repressor genes or the proto-oncogenes is going to lead to tumor growth, which is basically a ball of cells. If you look at the table here, this is the estimated new cases per year. I want to say this was 2005, 2008, somewhere in there. Remember, there's a data lag from the time that we can get the data to the time that they publish it. Um, but I think this is about a 2008 chart. And you see that the leading new case or diagnosed case of cancer is prostate in men and breast in women. Some of this is not because those are most prominent types of cancer, but some of it is through awareness campaigns. And so, you know, all women know once a month to check themselves for breast cancer. Guys, we know that they need to go to the doctor once a year and be checked for prostate cancer. And now there's blood tests for that. And so it's not necessarily that these are the most um, prevalent cancers. These are the cancers that we are diagnosing the most. If you look down here at the second chart, this is the most deaths. So just because we're diagnosing it doesn't mean it's the most deadly, right? So in men and women, lung cancer is still the number one leading cause of cancer death. Prostate is second for men, breast second for women, and then colorectal is third for both genders. Just another look here of what we die of. Now, would this chart look different if we drew it now in 2020? Yeah, the infectious disease bubble would be quite a bit bigger. Um, but in 2011, this is what our chart looked like, and you see that circulatory diseases are actually um, about the same as cancer. So we focus a lot on cancer, but heart disease is up there as far as a number one killer of people. So what causes cancer? Radiation, and that radiation could be from the sun, it could be from standing in front of the microwave, it could be from working in labs that use a lot of radiation or x-rays. Carcinogenic chemicals, now I wanna warn you on this. Everything that you come in contact has been deemed pretty much a carcinogenic chemical. So you pump gas and there's a sign, you go into Target and you go to buy dishes and there's a sign. Um, one thing you need to realize is that we use rats as one of our indicators for whether or not something can cause cancer, and rats are very prone to cancer. Um, does this mean that you need to stop living your life? No. If I put you in a bubble and you live long enough, you're going to get cancer because age is one of the things that leads to cancer. Um, what you do have to be aware of is maybe don't sit there and huff gas fumes, right? Heredity is big in this as well. So if you have a family history of cancer, we know that you are more likely to get that cancer. So in my personal family, melanoma is something that is genetic. And my grandfather died of it. My dad and my aunt had it. In fact, my aunt just recently passed away of it. I have already had it. Um, and my kids have had precancerous moles removed. So there's a strong genetic line for some of these cancers. And that's important to be aware of so you can you know, talk to your family, find out what cancers are prevalent there. Realize that a series of changes must occur in a cell before it becomes cancerous. This is why we see it with old age. And you go, oh my gosh, in the last you know, 50 years, we've seen cancer increase exponentially. It must be what we're doing to the environment that's causing this cancer. And it's, no, the reality is we're living longer. So now that it's very common for you to live into your 70s and your 80s and your 90s, yeah, we are seeing higher incidence of cancer than when you were dying at the age of 50. 
And it's not that those people wouldn't have gotten cancer as well. It's just they died of other things before they could get cancer. Not all tumors are harmful. Um, a lot of tumors, especially when we talk about like basal skin cancer, they can just go in, cut that tumor out, and you continue to live your life as if you've always lived it. Um, there are non-malignant brain tumors that are only harmful and deadly because they're invading into the space and basically taking over territory of cells that would be doing good things for your brain. The harmful ones are called malignant and they're harmful because they don't stay localized. So they are going to travel in the bloodstream, in the lymph um, fluid, and they're gonna go to other parts of your body. So when I had melanoma, this is a cancer that when I was diagnosed, I was given a 25% chance of surviving. Um, the reason why it's got such a death rate is because it travels and where it travels to is the brain, the lungs, and the bones. Well, when you think about one of the first things they're gonna do with a cancerous tumor is remove it. Well, they can't remove your brain, they can't really remove your lungs, and removing bone is difficult. Um, so that's one of the things that leads that to be a very deadly cancer. All malignant cancers have the ability to travel, and once they travel, it's very hard at that point to cure you of those cancers. Um, I wanted to put this up here because every year when I teach the subject, it's October. Um, we're doing it a little bit early this year, and that's breast care cancer awareness, right? And all of the sports teams start playing on pink, and everyone's throwing money at breast cancer. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but if you look at what we donate to and what kills us, we are donating tons of money to breast cancer, and it's fourth down in that list of things that are going to kill us. Whereas we're not throwing a lot of money at heart disease and heart disease research, and that's the number one. So it's something to be aware of. Um, when we put money at diseases, that takes away funding sometimes from diseases that may be more important as far as the likelihood that it's going to kill you. Uh, treatments, like I said, surgical removal, that's usually the first thing they're gonna try and do is get in and remove that tumor. The second thing is radiation, and they use radiation to shrink the tumor. And then chemotherapy is a drug mixture that kills any cells that are rapidly dividing. Note I said it's gonna kill any cell that is rapidly dividing. Chemotherapy does not pinpoint only tumors. And that's why the side effects of chemotherapy are so bad. Um, again, I always say anytime you see something that's highlighted in a different color in a PowerPoint, I want you to stop and then go in and watch that video. I don't play them when I'm zooming and recording my lectures like this because I'll get copyrighted, but you do need to take time to go in and watch these videos. They really do help with your understanding. A little bit about melanoma. I'm not gonna read off the slide. This is my pet cancer. Unfortunately, a lot of us have pet cancers. Those are cancers that have impacted our lives personally. And that's it. And it says a little hank to end the day. Um, I love Crash Course. Um, and yeah, you guys have a little hang to end the day. In fact, there's an Ed Puzzle that you need to leave this lecture and go do on Canvas. So that's it, last lecture. Um, you have a lab and I'll see you soon. <laughs>